Yes, welcome to this seminar of loving all Muslims. So my name is Sebastian and uh, I'm um, part of uh, Odense Vineyard in Denmark and uh, last year in September we started a new church plant from Odense Vineyard called Vineyard Volsmose. Uh, it's in a Muslim uh, dominated area uh, called uh, yeah, Volsmose. Uh, about 10,000 people live there and uh, I moved there eight years ago. Um, I didn't feel a specific calling to go there, but I just saw that there was a need uh, for Christians in that area. And um, I thought, uh, and, and already at that time, I had a heart for Muslims. So I thought it would be obvious for me when I found my dream, studies uh, intercultural pedagogy and Arabic in Odense, to move into that Muslim area in Odense. Uh, and I lived there for eight years now, and I love living there. Uh, it's really my home, and uh, I, yeah, I feel, uh, yeah, I miss it when I'm not there, and uh, it is my home. And I have so many contacts now, because uh, for the first eight years in this area, I've just been living my life there, talking to the neighbors, um, getting to know people. Um, three years ago I had a seminar here. I was sharing also uh, that I had a boys club for criminal boys in the area for 10 months. Uh, I'm not going to share uh, about that today, but uh, that was part of my journey in uh, Walsmose. Uh, I had 50 young criminal boys coming uh, through 10 months uh, in my apartment, and it was really an interesting time. <laughs> Uh, and through those 50 people and uh, many other things, like because of that boys club, I gained a lot of respect among uh, many people in Volsmose because they, they heard about me through the boys or through someone else and they're like, aren't you the Christian living over there in that street? And I'm like, yeah, I am. And they're like, oh, that's so cool that you did that for those boys. Uh, so I, I realize when I meet many people now, uh, I have a good reputation because of uh, because of this boys club and also um, uh, just for being uh, trying to be a good neighbor. Uh, so many people ask me if it's a problem for me to be a Christian living in a Muslim area, uh, but usually it's not. Uh, people have a lot of respect for me, and uh, people uh, have a lot of respect that um, that there is finally a. Danish person who believes something, uh, and uh, and many of them are really uh, respecting that. So uh, yeah, last year in September we started this church plant from Odense Vineyard called Vineyard Volsmose, and uh, it was it was more easy for me to lead this, I think, than for people who come from another place and then move into a place and then they have to start from scratch because this was my home, welcome, uh, this is my home, uh, and, uh, and I already knew the people there, I knew the cultures, uh, so, uh, so I didn't have to start from scratch when we started the church plant, um, so uh, that was one of the most more um, uh, positive sides, and uh, since yeah, September last year, um, I've just continued to do what I already did, engaging with my neighbors, um, 
uh, going to the mosque to see uh, friends there, uh, not to pray, but to, um, <laughs> to, uh, to, to meet my Muslim friends. And I've been going to some uh, heavy, crazy drinking parties among the exchange students in uh, Volsmose. And at those parties, I'm sharing that I'm leading a new church plan for people who don't like going to church. <laughs> and, uh, and people love that. So we had many of these exchange students from uh, lots of different countries coming. Uh, so we tried to uh, change our new church plants into something that was rela relatable for these people who are coming. Uh, because from the start we had no idea who was going to show up. Uh, but uh, here for the first part we had a lot of exchange students. So now our events uh, take place in English and we do different things. Uh, we meet every second Friday. We call it Thank God is Friday. And then we have uh, dinner together and then we uh, have some social games. and. Uh, two worship songs, then uh, it's usually me who are sharing a word uh, for 20 minutes and then there are conversations in group where people can share their opinion about the topic they heard and uh, then they pray together and it's amazing to see how atheists, Muslims and Christians can be in the same group and, uh, and when the Muslims and atheists, they see the Christians pray, they think, oh, that's how we do it so they also pray. <laughs> so, we, saw, we saw that several times now, so that's really uh, great. And we have uh, one guy now who has uh, started coming. I met him uh, because I was uh, using this app in Denmark called GoMore, uh, where you can drive together from one city to another. I often uh, meet people that way, so I was having one guy driving with me, and he was really a uh, nice guy, and we connected, and I told him about what I was doing and he thought it was so cool so now he's going uh, he's been there two times and he loved it he loved the fellowship uh, and he is an atheist he does not understand how we can believe something like this but he loved being with us and he loves the vision of making a difference uh, in our area uh, and his way of saying amen after receiving the prayer both time has been fuck this feels amazing <laughs> So I love how how uh, um, how wide our fellowship is and uh, how uh, we uh, attract different people and and now the atheists are inviting uh, new people to come. So that's amazing. We haven't seen anyone really accepted Jesus yet or becoming disciples yet, but uh, I think when I share my experience with other people who are planning churches, they're saying we are doing the right thing, so I hope so. Uh, because uh, when you do something like this, and I've never done it before, and suddenly now I'm a pastor, uh, I don't even like to call myself that. <laughs> uh, and it's like all of us are so insecure, but we're just trying to do something good in the area and find out what uh, God wants us to do. Yeah. So that's uh, Vineyard Volsmose. I'm 50% uh, of my job is that, and the other 50% is this, uh, Al-Bishara. It's an organization I founded. Um, Al-Bishara, it's an Arabic word. Do you know what it means? No. It means good news. 
And in uh, one Arabic Bible translation, that's actually the word used for the gospel. What is it? I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, I made this uh, flyer for Al Bishara. Uh, one of the main tools, one of the main things I work on is uh, making videos for YouTube and Facebook. And we're going to see uh, two of them or so. Uh, I handed out this one. Uh, I gave this for every um, apartment in Volsmose. And uh, when I go to the Middle East, sometimes I al always uh, bring uh, lots of them and uh, hand them out. Uh, some places it's illegal to evangelize, so I don't just like go to the streets and hand them out like this. But uh, I meet people, I have a conversation with them, and then I say, you want to know what I'm doing? This is my job. Uh, please uh, go and follow these videos. And uh, all of uh, the people I meet, they love it, because who doesn't love the concept? If you're a Muslim and I'm coming and saying, I'm a Christian and I love Muslims, that's the slogan for um, the organization. So I make videos about uh, Christians and Muslims engaging in friendships together, and in many of the videos I'm sharing the gospel with the Muslims, or... I'm talking about a topic related to integration, culture, um, or even Jesus and some biblical topics. Uh, many Muslims have the same questions uh, about Christianity. Has the Bible been changed? We cannot trust the Bible. Uh, do you believe in free gods? Uh, how can God have a son? Did he marry a wife and they had a child? Uh, all this, so I bring up these questions in the videos, and um, uh, most of them are in English okay. with uh, subtitles in Arabic, and then you can choose other subtitles as well. And also, some are in Danish, and a few are in Arabic. Uh, and I realized because even though I'm sharing Jesus very boldly in these videos, uh, because they they sense a genuine love, then they are actually participating and they want to join and be a part of the video. So I have many Muslims in the video, so, uh, even though I am talking to them in the video about Jesus. And uh, I have uh, Muslims who are helping with translating subtitles into their uh, native languages. I have Muslims who help me uh, record some of the videos and uh, help with many other things. So that's really uh, amazing how God is using this. I think through, since two and a half years, I made 30 or 40 videos. Uh, they are about three minutes each, so they're quite easy to see. Do they state a reason why they want to help them? Yeah, I think it's because they feel that I genuinely love them. Yeah, and I want something positive because most of the... Uh, find online about Muslims from Western people are not positive. So uh, they are very happy that finally someone is positive towards them. Yeah. Okay, let me pray and then we'll continue. God, we thank you that you are here with your Holy Spirit. We thank you for 
your amazing love for all people. And we pray that you will now come and encourage us and speak to us and uh, equip us how we can love Muslims, how we can reach out and show them that they are loved by you and they need you. We pray that you will help us to make friends with Muslims and um, yeah, be real, real good friends to them. Come Holy Spirit and unite us in your love. Amen. Amen. So, um, maybe a few of you could just uh, share um, why are you here? Are you involved in something with Muslims already? Or are you thinking about it? Or are you just curious? Yeah, so if anyone wants to share. Yes? Uh, I'm here together with my wife, uh, Linda, and uh, uh, we live in Van uh, uh, which is a very nice uh, neighborhood, but we have a very uh, big heart for uh, an area very uh, similar to what's also called uh, Tingia in Copenhagen, and uh, we have, uh, we are not as advanced as Sebastian, uh, but, but we are uh, uh, definitely uh, have a heart for the people in Tingia, which mostly is uh, um, Muslim uh, people. We have some very good concepts. Mm -hmm. Yes. Me and my wife, we live in an area in Oslo where I think the majority are Muslims. In the neighborhood, we have many Muslims. Okay. Good relationship. Good. Yeah. Um, I'm asking, so I just I just wanted to hear something because that most Western Christian people who talk about Muslims talk about why this thing bad, mm. but I it's yeah I was really interested to hear someone have another spin on it yeah uh, say something positive yeah and there are many uh, as the more I get to know about Islam and Muslims I also sometimes get tired and I become critical and I can see how the very, uh, very critical uh, voices are right about many things and I want to do, sometimes I'm tempted to do videos or, and stuff about the same thing but then I have to stop myself and be like, am I doing this of love? And also, is it helpful? Uh, and also, uh, maybe we need more loving voices than the critical voices right now because there are there are many critical voices, and uh, I think they are needed, some of them, and some of it is good, uh, but uh, we need more um, more people and more uh, stuff out there which really shows mm -hmm. love, first of all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, that's really true, because I've been working in Morocco for 15, yeah, mm -hmm. more than plus years, and also Muslim friends, and I brought one of Muslim friends, or two, three, four of them, to a Christian meeting. And of course the preacher, he shared all the negative things about Islam, mm. because it was before Ramadan. And then one of the guys stood, stood up and he said, if there was a Muslim guy, that's not true at all. I have a rich fellowship with my uncle, my father, when we go to the mosque during Ramadan. We feel the presence of God. We feel we see healing in the Muslim society, and we feel that we are taking over the world. And we feel a very strong and love for the rest of the world that are going to see the light of Islam. So 
Now we understand. Now we understand. And he's trying to give a positive. That's actually quite a challenge. Yeah. Because you will come to a point, then you have to say something. Yeah. But uh, you will meet it. I've been, yeah, I've been challenged many times. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yes? I'm here because I'm former Muslim. Okay. And I have some judgments and fear towards Muslims and Islam Hmm. because of my uh, own experience from when I was a kid. Yeah. I have been Christian for eight years. Congratulations. Thank you. So I'm really interested in hearing about your work. Nice. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Positive. Yeah. It's so common that we hear all the negative and all the wars and the good spheres in in us. So it's good to hear. Great. What's your ethnic background? Uh, I'm from. Afghanistan, okay, yeah. Ah, okay. Say something too. Yeah, yeah. It's a little confusing, but there are some tribes, and I. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, most. I'm. I, I studied Arabic to dig into the Muslim culture and get to know Muslims better and so but you know um, Arabs are not uh, like it's like 20 percent of the world's Muslims are Arabs I think something like that so there are many uh, Uzbekis and uh, people from so many different countries and now also it's a, it's a challenge we're facing in Europe that many people are converting to Islam. So uh, it's also becoming a part of our culture now in many ways. Um, so, um, yeah, and I realized... Indonesia. One yeah, that's the biggest one, right? Biggest Muslim country here. Yes, non-Arab Muslim country, yes, exactly. Mm. And, um, and the biggest movement we have from Muslims towards Christ today is from Afghanistan and Iran. Uh, it's amazing how many people are coming to Christ, uh, and there's a uh, death penalty in uh, in Iran. I know also in Afghanistan, maybe death penalty for leaving Islam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and even though, like many of my Muslim friends, they say, uh, "Oh, Sebastian, they just become Christians to uh, get residence in Denmark." Uh, but it's not true because even in Iran and Afghanistan, people are becoming Christians. So no matter where they are, they are becoming Christians, uh, even though some of them are suffering big time for it. And um, I think many people from Iran and Afghanistan had lots of bad experience with uh, Islam, and uh, that's why many of them either become atheists or Christians. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and it's a big challenge for many. I met also from Iran and Afghanistan, who, who, like you mentioned, also it's a challenge to love Muslims when you had a really some bad experience with. Uh, yeah, so I hope uh, some of this today can uh, encourage you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's interesting because we live in Umeå. In where? Umeå. Umeå. Okay. Of Sweden, yeah. Uh, we've been driving for 14 
hours mm -hmm. to come here. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, but uh, in just towards our church, uh, they have opened a Muslim uh, mosque. Okay. So mm -hmm. that's is kind of why I'm here because I want to maybe meet them in some ways. Yes, I have some have good been, inspiration for you. So yeah, <laughs> they have been taking some contacts with our church and. Uh, I feel that my fears and judgments just fill me. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, that was, you were raising your hand. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm just telling you that because I'm working in a pharmacy in Norway and it's an ordinary working place, but it's a lot of Muslims there. And my new boss is a Muslim and they come from Syria. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, I just need to learn how to approach them and what to say, and of course be a friend with them. But uh, and it's not only them, but they bring their whole family. Yeah. Pharmacy and so it's a Muslim environment, and sometimes I'm the only one speaking Norwegian at the pharmacy, and they all speak Arabic, and uh, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay. Good. Yes. Yeah, I work in a church um, that is surrounded by a Muslim. Um, population. Mm. So we're in a, in a part of the city where there is much more Muslims than Christians. Where is that? In Hamburg. Okay. In Hamburg. So in okay. Good. Well, thank you. Good to hear some uh, experience. Um, I really have, uh, yeah, since like I think it was in 2009, I was on a holiday with my family to Egypt. And then I got a really good friend who was staying in the room next to us in the hotel. He was from Cairo uh, and we became really good friends. And he was my first Muslim friend. Uh, and um, because of him, I, um, I started being uh, interested in the Middle East and uh, in, the, in the Muslims. And we had some good conversations and, and he even allowed me to pray for him. I was so surprised that he would allow me to pray for him um, and that started something inside of me and it's just been growing since and there are many people uh, when I go uh, I go often to churches in Denmark um, and share about this how we can reach out to Muslims and often there's some worried uh, <laughs> often it's uh, some worried uh, woman who could be my mom or maybe grandmom who comes to me and say Sebastian, you have to be careful. <laughs> Are you not afraid? And then I'm like, I wasn't afraid before you were telling me to be. <laughs> uh, so I don't appreciate those kind of uh, <laughs> uh, compassion for me. Uh, because um, I realized that m many people have worries and they want to put them on me and it's not helpful. <laughs> um, and uh, and of course there are dangers, and I am not um, being naive, and I will share some uh, some of these stories as well uh, to make a, like um, real picture of this. Um, but there's one thing we need to remember, and that's the word of God. Uh, I love this chapter, Romans chapter ten. Paul is saying, as scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. For there is no difference between Jew 
and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Yeah, we have beautiful feet. (laughs) So, um, it's really a call from God's heart to share the gospel, to share the love of God with other people. Because if we who believe it don't do it, how can they hear? So uh, we shouldn't be afraid and hide behind our uh, opinions about uh, behind fear, but uh, but we should uh, be bold and wise, led by God's spirit and God's love. And now I'm going to show you a video that some people would think that's not possible. <laughs> How can anyone do that? And maybe this is. Um, this can be some inspiration for uh, if you have a mosque nearby or if you have uh, Muslims around you. This is my first video I made for Al Bishara, and this is also one of the videos that made many Muslims accept me because we were showing up for this uh, Muslim event in uh, in Volsmose. About a thousand Muslims were gathered to pray and celebrate the end of the Ramadan. It's called Eid al-Fitr. It means uh, the festival of the breakfast, because now they can eat again. And uh, then I invited Christians from different churches in Odense to come and help me hand out 1,000 juice bricks and uh, 15 kilos of dates. So uh, we stood there uh, with the message, we are Christians, we love Muslims, uh, handing out juice and dates.
So this is really having a positive effect, uh, and uh, Christians can have many uh, reputations. But imagine what reputation Christians get in an, in a Muslim area after an event like this. Uh, so uh, the, everyone is talking about this, and people still remember we did this three years ago. And so it's uh, an amazing opportunity to do something like that. And it was really simple uh, because it was just buying a lot of uh, juice. I, I know because I've lived there for eight years, I know what everyone likes to drink. Uh, and there's this Capri Sun juice, that's what that's a ghetto drink in Denmark. Uh, the small children, the gang members, everyone drink the Capri Sun juice. Uh, but it has to be the orange one because the other ones are sometimes flavored with uh, gelatine or other things. Uh, so it has to be the orange one. You, you need to know that if you do something like this. Halal. Yeah, halal. <laughs> so uh, this was a really good experience. A very simple concept. I think we were seven Christians showing up and that was enough. Um, so, uh, hello. I came in the wrong way. <laughs> and... Um, and this imam who was leading the prayer that day and we were talking to in the end here, he's actually, um, uh, I, I started talking a bit to him and he, sh he now uh, has been also in another video with me where he receives prayer actually. So, um, yeah. In Hebrews chapter 13 it says, Keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by so doing, some people have shown hospitality to angels without knowing it. I love this. There's really a call in the Bible to show hospitality to people who are not home here. And um, I met many people and invited many people into my home. And I heard more than once from people who lived in Denmark for many years, this is the first time I'm invited into a Danish home. But by doing it, 
such a simple thing and just inviting them into my daily chaos, uh, then uh, people are experiencing some hospitality and some love. And uh, the Bible says that we can actually, I believe we should take this literally, that we will actually be able to have physical angels visiting us without knowing it. But also I believe that the people we invite into our homes, they can become like angels into our lives. Some of them have uh, become that, uh, for me at least. So, um, there's a guy who's called Dwayne Alexander Miller, and he has some theory about uh, why Muslims convert to Christianity. And uh, I want to share this because often I end up in theological discussions with Muslims and I realize that the five points he is mentioning none of them are theological discussions <laughs> but often that's what I end up in doing so I want to share these five if you want to take a picture you can wait maybe till there are five of them then it makes uh, then you know there will be five points uh, and uh, I will share uh, some personal experiences with each point and uh, maybe some of you could also share uh, some of your experience for each point so the first one is that the Bible makes many people convert to Christianity um, in my street in Volsmose, my neighbors upstairs, downstairs, and next door to both sides are Somalis. So uh, I didn't know that when I moved in that there would be many Somalis, but most of the people in my street are from Somalia. And uh, this is one of the ethnic groups where the smallest number of people have become Christians from. And when I realized this, and I was like, okay, I live right here. There must be a reason for this. I have to do something about it. So I started praying in my Mahaba prayer group. Do you know about this? There's a, there's a network called Mahaba. Uh, I will talk more about that later as well. It's about, uh, it's actually have this motto, loving all Muslims. Uh, and it's about starting prayer groups in Muslim areas, starting praying uh, from different, coming together from different churches, praying together uh, that God will give us creativity of how we can reach out to the Muslims in our area. So we have a Mahaba prayer group in Volsmose. We meet once a month and we have people from all Udense coming, praying for Volsmose, and it's such a blessing. And for three years we've been praying that God would send someone to us that could reach out to the Somalis in our neighborhood. Then this year in January or February, a guy texted me from Germany uh, because, uh, and he said, now there is a Christian Somali asylum seeker in Copenhagen, can you go and visit him? And I was like, yeah, I'm going. <laughs> so I went there and uh, I had a great day with him. And after, yeah, then he said to me, oh, this other Somali asylum seeker, I started talking to him about Jesus. I met the other one. I went home to Odense and two days later he said, now the other Somali asylum seeker, he has accepted Jesus. So just for a few days with this guy, uh, he had led the other one to Jesus. So uh, I started to find out how can we get this guy to Odense. <laughs> 
Uh, and I, we started paying for his uh, train ticket to come and visit us for our church plant every second Friday. And uh, after a while, we figured out a way that he could actually move in with me. So now he lives with me. Uh, and every day he goes for a walk and he shares the gospel with my neighbors. And at least once a week, he received death threats uh, because it's such a fundamentalistic uh, culture uh, many Somalis have. Uh, it's very difficult, uh, but he is uh, just smiling and blessing people, and uh, he's such an amazing guy. Yeah, he's an answer to our prayers. Um, yeah. And when I ask him why he became a Christian, he says that. Uh, he was born uh, in a Muslim family like all other Somalis. And uh, when he was a child, he started asking questions. He said, in the Quran, the Bible is mentioned. And it says that we as Muslims should read it. Can you please give me the Bible? And his parents said, no, we don't have the Bible anymore. It's been corrupted. So we don't have the original one mentioned in the Quran anymore. So uh, stop asking these questions. And he continued to ask questions. And one day, his parents said to him, all these questions must mean that you have demons inside of you. He was seven years old. They took him to the imam, and the imam, he beated the demons out of him. But, of course, he didn't stop asking the questions. And when he grew up, he had the opportunity to, uh, to meet some people who could answer his questions. And he found out, oh, there is actually a Bible it still exists. And then he started reading it and became interested. And uh, yeah, long story short, he became a Christian and now he loves Jesus and it's amazing. This is a Somali Bible. When uh, people are reading the Bible, they realize these stories are so amazing. It's amazing what... Uh, God is doing there and how Jesus is behaving. Does any of you have experience with the Bible and, uh, and Muslims, reading the Bible with Muslims perhaps, or seeing their interests in this? Yeah, sort of, sort of. Uh, we gave a Bible to uh, uh, one of our friends uh, and she was very uh, honored by uh, being uh, uh, provided with a Bible. And we decided that uh, I found a piece I would like to read in the Bible, and uh, she took the Quran and found a piece. And uh, by divine intervention or whatever, it was kind of saying the same thing that uh, uh, that God uh, uh, loves us and has uh, provided for us. And it was uh, it was like so many cross sections in uh, in. Uh, with these two uh, pieces of scripture from the Bible and the Quran, that she was uh, kind of overwhelmed. That, 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 uh, yes. Mm. And we recently got to, uh, to know another guy in Tinkia. Uh, he is a radical Muslim. He is not radicalized, but radical. Yeah. He uh, writes a lot on the social media. And sometimes when he has written something, I think, oh, that's almost a Bible quote, but he has taken it from the Quran. Mm. Yeah. So that is the opposite point. Yeah. But we have a, a connection with him now, and we should do something. Okay, nice. Yes? I, I have a co-worker who's 
Muslim and who I, he has this thing he has that I've seen a lot with other other Muslims I've talked to about faith that he claims to have read the Bible but he has a lot of misconceptions about what it says hmm. um, I mean that's kind of sounds like I'm saying he's lying uh, which maybe is I don't know um, but but this as you said like there's a clear distinction in, in that person's mind of this must be corrupted therefore I need to take that with a grain of salt and take this other book yeah instead. yeah exactly um, and there are some famous Muslim apologetics on uh, YouTube uh, often I talk to Muslims uh, if they want to discuss with me and say I'm wrong then uh, and and they don't themselves know a lot they say uh, you should go to YouTube and listen to Dr. Zagat Naik he's very clever Uh, so now I started making a video actually about uh, Dr. Zagat Naik <laughs> because in uh, many of his videos he's saying uh, if you can show me anywhere in the complete Bible where Jesus Christ says I'm God, worship me, I'm ready to accept Christianity and I met many Muslims taking this quote and I'm like uh, then I provoke them a little bit when they start this I'm like am I talking to you or am I talking to Dr. Zagat Naik now because I, I can hear this quote is, uh, yeah. yeah. And I made a video about that quote, and I share how the Bible is teaching that Jesus is God and we should worship Him. Uh, but I think maybe your friend is uh, reading the Bible through some of these apologetics, and yeah. then he is uh, just asking your questions to provoke you and make you annoyed. Uh, so, yeah. maybe some some people are like that, and uh, then. Yeah, we need to find an, a good approach. This sentence I've heard again and again about the Muslim saying, I mean, it's the same book, hmm. yeah. just ordered differently. Yeah, but to my knowledge, now I haven't read the Quran, so I, I actually don't know. I am just as ignorant. Um, but I figure it isn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there are many similarities. Uh, but it's like uh, from an Islamic perspective, uh, first, that, like in the Quran, it says, first we sent. Taurat, the Torah, for Moses. Then we sent uh, Zabur, which is the Psalms, for David. Then we sent Injil, which is the Gospel, for Jesus. And then we sent the Quran for Muhammad. So all four people are prophets who received the book. And when we as Christians know the Bible, we're like, okay, it's not like a complete description because we have many more books in the Bible than the Torah, the Psalms and the Injil, the Gospel but still um, uh, then Muslims or, or the Quran says that God sent this uh, to humanity but there are some really huge contradictions from the Quran and the Bible like the crucifixion in Islam you say the crucifixion uh, didn't happen or it happened to someone else and God he, um, yeah, did something about that and uh, it says literally Jesus or God does not have a son uh, stuff like this so it's really um, the opposite in, in a few but important areas <laughs> um, so this is why that Muslims later after the Quran have had to say okay the Bible must have been changed at some point uh, we can't trust the Bible we have today there must have been another one earlier that said the same thing that the Quran is saying that we have today yeah you're also raising your hand um, quite a few years back when I was with Mercy Ships 
I was uh, in a country in West Africa and then a, a refugee from another African country uh, came. He, he needed some treatment for his wounds. First thing he asked me for, he came from uh, uh, Cote d'Ivoire uh, and uh, he came from a Muslim background. The first thing he asked me for after I had treated him was, can you give me a Bible? Okay. French Bible. And, and so I started the next day to meet him outside the gate and, and started to read the Bible. And suddenly there were a whole group of African men mm. in the Bible. And to make a long story short, yeah, I, I saw that he was really touched. Mm. So I connected him to, to, the, to the mission base, he did a DTS. And, uh, he had been one that had been leading all the leaders in Wyoming. Yeah. He started with okay. that uh, Amazing. That, uh, guy that wanted to, to, to get the Bible. Wow, what a blessing. I will continue a little bit now because I have uh, four more points after this one. <laughs> um, the second one, I know all of you who have heard Muslim testimonies, you would have heard sometime dreams and miracles. <laughs> Many Muslims come to faith in Jesus because of a dream or a miracle. And often when I end up in discussions about has the Bible been corrupted, can we trust it, and God is one or free and all this, and you can stand there and try to defend your faith, and I'm like, okay, it's not going anywhere, and both of us are becoming more and more angry. Like, uh, okay, um, have you ever experienced anything with God? Yeah. And then we're like, okay, then we go to the core. <laughs> what, what, like, we are not interested in what uh, YouTubers are saying or what uh, this is saying, but what is your personal experience? Um, and can I share my personal experience? And then we have an equal conversation, sharing lives with each other. And that's just beautiful. And I had so many uh, amazing experiences also with this. Uh, a few years ago I worked in Copenhagen and I was in Nørrebro in Copenhagen. Uh, also an area with many Muslims. I went to, I decided uh, when I got the job to go for the same pizzeria every time I was there. Uh, so I would get some contacts there. And um, quickly I got uh, a friend there uh, who's Turkish. He did not speak Danish or English or Arabic or anything else I could understand. And uh, I couldn't speak Turkish, so we couldn't talk together actually. <laughs> but we became friends and uh, used uh, our good friend Google Translate and uh, met many times. And one time I came in, he suddenly took uh, his hand to his back and he was like, oh, and that's Turkish and it means I have pain in my back. <laughs> and uh, then uh, <laughs> we sat down uh, out here in the front uh, and I wanted to ask him if I could pray for him, but I didn't feel in the mood, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> But after sitting with him for a while, I thought, if Jesus was here right now, what would he have done? <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so I asked him if I could pray for him, and he said, uh, which means, I don't understand. 
And I asked him again and again, and every time he was like, "Ik forstå." Like, okay, then I showed him a video say with a Christian praying for someone and asked him, "Can I pray for you that for your back?" And he was like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> so I put my hand on his uh, back and I prayed a short prayer. While praying, I was thinking about a sin I had committed earlier, and then I thought, "Okay, God will not hear my prayer now." <laughs> And then I thought, now God is not going to hear my prayer because I'm forgetting to think about what I'm praying for. In Jesus' name, Amen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was my prayer, and I asked him, "How how are you doing?" And he was like, "Fine." And I was like, "Okay." So from zero to hundred percent, how are you doing? So he stood up and he walked down the road here. Lifting his hand, saying, "Amazing, 100 percent." <laughs> and uh, then he was healed. And a few days later, I came again uh, to the pizzeria, and I asked him, "How are you doing?" And he said, "I'm still 100 percent." And we sat down out here again, and then he uh, did this. And I thought, "What does this mean?" <laughs> Then he used our friend Google Translate, and it meant, "I want to be baptized," yeah. wow. <laughs> because now he had experienced Jesus on his own body. And uh, today he's part of a Christian Turkish fellowship in Copenhagen. Just because I prayed a bad prayer and wanted some pizza. Amen. <laughs> yeah. So God can use every opportunity. Dreams and miracles. Yeah, I could share many more stories. I think uh, we can uh, we can put that on a hold and go back if we have time. But uh, else uh, we'll move on uh, because um, also charity is uh, a thing that makes many Muslims feel loved by Christians. I remember one time I met. Uh, One of these uh, people in Valsmose with um, leather jackets and a nice uh, picture on the back saying something with uh, banditos or black black army. It was black army. Yeah, uh, not a good reputation they have <laughs> in Denmark. Uh, and um, then I said "Salam alaikum" when he passed me, and he was like, "Oh, wa alaikum salam," means hello or peace be upon you. And then he said, "So, how long have you been a Muslim?" And I said, "Well, I'm actually a Christian." And he said, "Whoa, that's interesting. But how how did you know this phrase? Why do you know some Arabic?" And I said, "Well, I'm a Christian that loves Muslims." And then he said, "Whoa, that's interesting. I know many Muslims," he said, "that could learn something from that instead of just loving their own, but loving other people as well." So that made an impact on him, and I realized that many uh, Muslim groups—not everyone, but many—they have a big tradition of helping the family and inside your own group. But reaching out to someone, even from another religion, is is not the standard thing. So when uh, Christians are called by Jesus to love even our enemies, and we. Uh, Love. We we have to love all people, and Muslims receive that love in charity, like food or clothes or other needed things. 
then people just become Christians, not by hearing a lot of things, but experiencing uh, love from Christians. I want to show you uh, one more video, um, because uh, as I think many of you know, uh, we have uh, in Denmark a very hard law on refugees, and um, and Denmark started to deport Syrians because they think it's safe to go back. I think Denmark is the only country in the world who think it's safe to go back to Syria. Um, so I texted in a Facebook group for rejected Syrians. Can I please interview one of you uh, for my channel Al Bishara, where you can share your story? And I met this uh, woman uh, Noor, and uh, you can hear this uh, short interview for three minutes. Tak 
One she's saying here. I feel I've been seen and heard. That's really. Uh, I just. I love when people react like that. Uh, she really feels that someone cared about her and her family and her situation, and it was not a difficult thing. Now I made a video of this, but every one of us can listen to someone, and uh, I realized. When I meet people from the Middle East, many of them have some really hard things they are carrying. And uh, often they need someone who would listen. Not out of curiosity, but ask if, and say, if you want to, you can share with me, I, I want to listen. Um, this is a way of showing uh, love. And when I went back to my place after this uh, talk with Noor, she uh, made a post in this Facebook group for thousands of uh, rejected refugees in Denmark. She made a post saying, I was just visited by Sebastian from Al-Bishara. He's a Christian and he loves Muslims. And he took his time to listen to me and my situation. And he prayed for me. And now I want all of you to go and watch all of his videos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that gets really disturbing to hear that the system is just lying about what she's saying and yeah. all of us are okay with it. That's, that's horrifying. That's what uh, many refugees tell me. Yeah. Uh, often it's because the translator is bad, so they yeah. misunderstand. Yeah. That's assuming the best. Yeah, that, yeah, it is. And for my Christian converts, it's difficult when it's a Muslim translator. Uh, some of them have felt some bad uh, vibes about their conversion, and they don't want to translate it correctly. Maybe, um, or it's difficult if you have some minority background, and it's uh, someone from your home country translating, and yeah. The Christian fellowship, that's really a thing that makes many Muslims become interested in Jesus. As I mentioned before, we have many exchange students in my street. Uh, I think it's a project they did to try to make it more diverse in the area. So we have maybe 120 exchange students, uh, and some of these years I've been living in Volsmosa, I tried to be a part of their fellowship, uh, their Facebook group, and I've been the guy saying uh, every time someone needs to borrow something, does someone have a sleeping bag? Yeah, I do. Does someone have a tent? Yes, I do. Does someone have a screwdriver? Yes. <laughs> so I made many contacts with them through this, and, um, and I invite them for our Friday fellowship. This is... Uh, this is our Thank God is Friday 
in my living room. We're still looking for a place to be because when we are 25 people, we are really crowded in here. Usually we are between 15 and 25 people on these evenings. He's from Greenland, Pakistan, Pakistan, Germany, Latvia, Singapore, Denmark, 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 Slovakia, America, Iran. Uh, yeah. Just for the people you can see in that picture. Usually we have like two of the same and then that's it. <laughs> um, and I remember one Turkish guy who was an exchange student. One of the first things he experienced in Denmark, I met him on, in the hallway in my building. And then I got in talk to him and I asked him if he had been to church before and he said no. So I invited him to Odense Vineyard and he came. And it was his first experience with Denmark. And he was like, wow, I heard you were such a close culture. But meeting Danes, wow, you're so open and everyone is talking to me and inviting me. And, and this is, uh, I think the Nordic countries are close to each other. I know Danish culture from my own experience also, is so difficult to make friends with Danish people. Uh, you have to know your way. Uh, so when we show people how the Christian fellowship is like, then they are so impressed because it's, such, it's like water in the desert. How open and uh, loving the Christian fellowship can be. Even though our Christian fellowship is like half Christians, half people with other religions. <laughs> but it's a culture we are carrying of being including and loving. And then uh, one last one here, uh, also with a testimony, and then I will share some material with you, and I will hear uh, also more of your experience uh, we have at least two people here with Muslim background. It could be interesting also to to hear if one of these five were the tipping point for you. You can think about that if you want to share it. So uh, the last one here is God's unconditional love. And uh, it's really, yeah, all of us can say yes and amen. We've experienced God's unconditional love, uh, how he loves us even in our worst times of life. And I have an, a story for you that I, I myself can't even believe happened. Uh, it was in Egypt a few years ago. I went to Cairo to visit my friend. I've been to Egypt 15 times now actually. I love being in Egypt. And uh, I went to Cairo to visit a friend, actually the first friend I mentioned for you before, uh, that I met on a holiday in Sinai. He was in Cairo, I went to Cairo to visit him, and then he was hanging out with a lot of other young people, and they were doing all kinds of drugs. And when I realized that, I became really sad, because I didn't know that my friend was a part of an environment like that. And they were doing hashish and other drugs and and yeah, I spent some time with them and uh, had a good time with them, made some pictures, and uh, then I had to go with the bus. In the bus, I suddenly felt such a pain for these uh, teenagers and young people. I was feeling, God, who can reach out to these young people? 
Who can share your love and hope with them? Send someone. And I regret it so much that I didn't exchange uh, any contact information with any of them. So I knew I was never going to meet them again. But there are many Christians in Egypt, so I was like, God, send someone. Then six months later, I went to Egypt again. This time I was in Dahab. This is my favorite place in the world. <laughs> Has anyone been to Dahab? Yeah? Good diving place. Yes, good diving place. I did also a diving license there. Never became good at it. Um, but now I just go there and relax. It's my favorite relaxed place on earth. Um, I think I have the same relationship with Dahab that uh, Mike Pelevacci has for his chicken. <laughs> so uh, I was walking in the street and uh, then lots of people are, I was in the marketplace and people are like, come and buy. And I was like, no, no, no. And I continued and then one was like, hey, come over here. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm good, thank you. And then he said, I saw you before. And then I said, well, I've also been here in Dahab before. And then he said, no, I, I think I saw you on TV. Whoa. And then I was like, okay, I, I want to hear what, what did you see? And then he uh, looked at me. I came to him, he looked at me, and he said, no, it was not on the TV. Were you in Cairo six months ago? Yeah. <laughs> and I said, yeah, I was. And he said, are you a friend of that guy? And I said, yes, I am. And he said, then we met. I was like, can it really be? Then I found my phone and looked through the pictures from six months before. And him and me, we were, having a, we were taking a selfie together. <laughs> so uh, now I was standing there again. And uh, he invited me to join him in the evening for a drink. And I said, yes. And after that, every evening for on that holiday, we spent uh, at the beach drinking and uh, hanging out together. Uh, I drank one beer, he drank two, and uh, put on uh, some hashish and pills and many things. And um, every night we were just talking and I was listening to him. He had gone through, through so many difficult things. Uh, and uh, to listen to that was just terrible. And then I told him also about some of the difficult things in my life. And I told him that God's love is a foundation in my life that stands no matter what else that goes wrong. And I prayed for him. I took his hand one night. I prayed for him. And I prayed God's love to come over him. And he squeezed my hand even harder. Uh, and I gave him a coin with the Gospel of John chapter 3 verse 16. Uh, these are called gospel coins. I think you can order them for free online, actually. Uh, then he drilled a hole in it and put it in a necklace. And uh, he's still a Muslim. And he, he was a Muslim. He still is a Muslim. Uh, but this message of God's love did something in his life. And I went through John 3.16 with him and I said, uh, How do you know God loves you? And he looked at the coin and he said, Because he sent me Jesus. Said, yes, that's right. That's how you know he loves you. And six months later, I went to Dahab again. And this time, I uh, had his contact and I asked him to meet him. And he told me that some changes had happened in his life. He got a new job. And uh, also, uh, this message of God's love had really impacted him. So he hadn't been doing any drugs since that day. Yeah. So this is amazing.
It's amazing what God can do. So uh, this is the expert saying these are the five reasons. Dwayne Alexander Miller, he's the expert. Uh, he says these are the five reasons why Muslims convert to Christianity. And as I told you in the beginning, I often end up in discussions uh, because many people want to discuss with me against my faith or something like that. But I have to go back to this all the time and, and, and go back to the focus. Uh, loving people, uh, sharing Jesus, go to the personal experience uh, and all this. And uh, here I just want to give some short information in the end about some uh, uh, tools for us to use. Uh, the Mahaba Network, as I mentioned, helping ordinary helping everyday Christians share Jesus with Muslims through prayer, care, and understanding. Um, I don't know if... Did anyone hear about it who are not from Denmark? No? It's an old one, international one. It started in England and uh, by Gordon Hickson and yeah. some other um, people. And I think they have 70 prayer groups in England. And they have some in Holland and Denmark. We have a few. We have been very slow in Denmark, but we have a few in Denmark. Uh, and I think uh, in many other European countries, well, I thought so, uh, but, uh, but maybe not. But uh, if you want to start a prayer group, a Mahaba prayer group, it's quite simple. It's just being two, two or three people starting praying for Muslims in that area, meeting once a week or once a month or every second week, whatever fits you and see what God leads you to. And in the Mahaba concepts, there are, uh, if you go to the website mahabanetwork.com, we also have a Danish uh, website mahaba.dk, uh, then there are, you can get inspired, you can uh, find some tools, how to reach out to Muslims and stuff. And in Denmark, we have a youth weekend in October, the 7th to the 9th of October, uh, you can find the event on Facebook, Els Muslima, Love Muslims. And uh, we will have, for the whole weekend, we will have focus on how we can reach out to Muslims. We will also go to Volsmose and have prayer walks, and we will go and uh, play football with kids and uh, help in the area, clean people's windows, uh, do something nice in the area, and we will eat at local restaurants. The whole weekend is only 200 crowns. And we'll have like really nice food, Syrian food from a good restaurant the whole weekend. Uh, there's a trust that supports the weekend, so we can make it for only 200 Danish crowns. Uh, so if some of you want to come, it's in Odense. You are very welcome. It's a youth weekend, but everyone is welcome. We don't have any age uh, uh, restrictions, so we will have children coming and we'll have elderly people coming. Uh, but the, per the main uh, target group is uh, young people. So you can find it on Facebook and also on the website mahaba.dk. <clears throat> and in one of the tools in the toolbox for Mahaba is a material called Friendship First. I don't know if you, any of you heard about it. It's a course that ordinary Christians can lead. Uh, it's very simple. Here it is in English. It's also in Norwegian. Yeah. And just a few weeks ago, it was published in Danish now also. So uh, now we have it in Danish. I don't think it's in Swedish. Uh, 
I have the material with me in Danish. If someone wants to buy it today in, in Danish, you can come after and I can sell it to you from the Mahaba uh, shop. Uh, so it's very simple. You meet for uh, six times with a group of people in your church or local area that are interested in knowing how we can show love towards Muslims. And then it's really simple. It says it's something like, okay, then you start with, okay, this is the study material, so everyone in the group gets this, and then the leader will get the leader. Yeah, this is in Danish, but the leader uh, manual. And then it's just like, okay, for the first, you watch a video, the first video clip, then you talk about this question for three minutes, and it's good to take time, because then it, else it can really go for a long time. Uh, so it's really, uh, everything is written down, what to say, what to do now, uh, when to pray, and all this. And a part of the concept is also to go to a mosque and uh, get a guided tour in the local mosque. Uh, and there are also uh, uh, help of how you can reach out to that mosque, how you can connect with the mosque. Uh, so it's really a good and simple material for ordinary Christians. So you meet six times, and then that's it. Everyone gets the study manual, and the leader has this one. And uh, in Norwegian, it's quite expensive, the material, but in Danish, it's quite cheap. It's uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think maybe it's, I paid seven or eight hundred for this Norwegian material, but it's for one study manual and one leader manual and then all the DVDs. In Danish you will buy the, the leader manual, the study manual, and then you'll get a password to download oh, yeah. the video. <coughs> and then you pay 300 Danish crowns for that material. And for each study manual you pay 150 Danish crowns. Yeah. So it's really a good material. I can strongly recommend that and in the end, I also want to mention Al-Bishara again, my own organization. We are five members uh, in the board of directors, and then about 200 uh, people, mostly in Denmark, are receiving the prayer letter uh, every second month uh, with news from my work and opportunities of how you can support financially. Uh, and if you want to receive that prayer letter, you can just send an email to this one, to this email, and you can say, can I please receive prayer letters? Yeah, then, then you will receive it. Yeah. So, uh, we have three more minutes. <laughs> but I don't think we will take more time to questions because it will be too long maybe. So, uh, we can just end now and then you can come here after with your questions if you have uh, questions. Sebastian, uh, would that be okay if we are blessing you and praying a short prayer yeah that would be that would be wonderful so yeah thank you yeah sure then we can pray for you <laughs> father thank you that uh, you don't uh, have put any uh, privilege on certain people or uh, choose some people 
uh, ahead of all Lord. Thank you that you love unconditional each and every one that you have created. Father, thank you that you have put your love, your unconditional love into the heart of Sebastian and the other in his fellowship. To reach out to the Muslim. Father, we thank you for your protection and that uh, you have stared our brother with uh, such a boldness and such a joy. Father, thank you that you have poured this joy into Sebastian and it's from there, Sebastian, you draw your strength. Oh! So continue to do your work and let it uh, just blossom in the neighborhood, Father, and show us... Uh, how we can go by in the places where we live. Amen. Father. Amen. Put angels around this house. Mm. Put angels around this Somalian uh, friend. Mm. Put angels around this wife and this mm. ministry. Mm. And give him good ideas to mm. develop and open new opportunities to spread the gospel to the Muslims. Mm. Glorifying your name. Glorifying your name. Give him a sensitive heart to see mm. where you are moving, Father. Mm. Because you love, you des desperately love all the Muslims. Mm. And, uh, and help him to clearly see in which and hearts you are moving. Mm. And help him to just join your work mm. in what you are doing already. Mm. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. Thank you.